How much would you pay Uber to have a Tesla Model S pick you up? And those blurry photos you've taken may not be your fault. All that and more, Tech 411 starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech 411. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Hey now, welcome to Tech 411. I'm Oscar Santana. And I'm Todd Moore, and this is show number 144. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, it's been about three weeks since our last show, so let's mm-hmm. call it a month. Todd was away. I was away. Some people were sick. Uh, the li- Life happens, but we're back. Every time the show's on life support, we somehow make it back, Todd. <laughs> we're alive and well. Thanks for uh, waiting for this show. <laughs> Is it, it's really been three weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, well, it has because uh, you were away, and yeah. and then I went away, and then we had then a week. Something. We had a week that I, I I don't think I could even do a show because I had something for school. You right. were flying in last. Oh, week. I was flying in. Yeah, I was flying in on the Monday. Yeah, yeah we're just so busy these days. Oh, couldn't do it. But, uh, you know, it's summer. Some may say some shows take off the entire summer, not us. We're just <laughs> coming right back in at the tail end. Uh, so <laughs> let's get started. Um, I did go uh, away to Los Angeles um, for a quick workation as usual. Tomo got a chance to meet uh, some of our uh, free app company clients. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, Tom Likas sends his best. I uh, wanted me to pass that along to you. Also, is he a funny guy? Did, you, did he make you laugh? Yeah, man, I got a chance to sit in the studio with him while he was doing the show. Oh. And that was super, super intimidating slash just thrilling because, you know, I'm a big fan of his as it is. But yeah. to sit there on a one-on-one uh, level and watch him do the program in his, and you'd love his studio as well. It's, I was, I'm always intrigued on pe- how people take this technology and do it on their own without. Yeah, tell me about the studio. How's it compared to you, to the one you're in? Oh, well, I'm right proud. Now. To, I'm proud to say it's uh, it's similar. It's similar as far as layout is concerned. But um, he had a different style to the studio. His uh, console, for example, is uh, more like a, st- a stand-up console, so you could actually stand or you could sit, uh, like some modern studios now. And uh, he had. Uh, I would say a lot more style to a studio, a lot more show business where he had the lights dimmed, the AC was cranking. He had uh, actual like studio lights in his, in the, the, it's not at his studio. house, is it? No, no. He's got a, a whole facility, a whole commercial facility. And oh. then he has a producer through a, uh, you know, a broadcast window in another room with like an update desk. It's just, I mean, it's it like really a, is it's awesome. It's like a radio station. Like a radio station. Exactly. So phenomenal. Uh-huh. And to tour and see, and just to see guys that are into talk radio and are doing it the right way, it was uh, a real thrill. Um, but that being said, you got to get around Los Angeles, right? Yeah. I heard I heard you uh, tried out a new Uber service. Just tell us all about it. I did. Well, I almost, look, I almost did. I, have, almost did. I have some uh, proclivities to spending uh, money on things I probably shouldn't spend money on, splurging, if you will. So when I landed uh, at LAX, I said, well, I got to Uber over to my sister's. Uh, let's decide uh, which which Uber service we're going to have. And usually when you pull up an Uber, an Uber, depending on the town, you have three to four choices. In Los Angeles, they have, I want to say, six choices. Really? And one of them is Uber Lux, something I've never seen in my life. And as yeah. I sat there at baggage claim, Southwest, the cheapest flight to get out there, <laughs> Um, I saw my bag wasn't coming out. I said, well, I'll have time to see what Uber Lux is all about. Uber Lux will not only bring you a vehicle and pick you up wherever you want. They'll pick you up in style. And by that, I mean not a black car, 
but a high line vehicle such as um, Tesla will pick you up. Um, nice. A Mercedes uh, Model S. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, S Class, and you BMWs. also. BMW, uh, the 7 Series Limo Edition. So all really luxury cars um, in in L.A. And I, I've heard they've, like, tried, like, different cities, kind of like the ice cream truck, you know, not a permanent thing. But L.A. is the first city that actually is doing this full-time all the time. Yeah. So I, was there a lot of cars on the street? So that's that was my surprise. There were a lot of Teslas and Model S's. And uh, BMW limos waiting to pick you up, and right at the I, airport. I figured that there was clearly a market for it, if that's what if that's what they were going for. Yeah, but you, this is they're all just surrounding the airport, waiting to pick up celebrities. Because you could see that the app shows you where the vehicles are placed, right? So I did yeah. a quick fare estimate because I had wait a second. There's a clear distinction on the base fare of these Uber um, rides. For example, a black car base fare is eight dollars. If you get an SUV, it's fifteen dollars. If you get an Uber Lux, it's $20. And then the minimum fare for each one of them can go from $15 to $30 respectively. So I said, this, I got to do this math before I, I take the plunge, even, even if it's for the greater good of the show. So I, did the fa- I ran the fare from um, the airport to my sister's, which is roughly 20, 25 minutes away. And I ran the fare on UberX, the black car, and Lux. There was a significant difference. For UberX, it was going to cost anywhere uh, between $50 and $65. For uh, the Uber uh, black car, it was going to be anywhere from $75 to $80. It was more of a range like that. But the Uber Lux was going to bring you to a, a grand total of $118. Mm. And I said, well... That's already a C note. I'm not very comfortable taking that. And it, what's weird about it, because when you're in, in uh, Las Vegas, you'll take a limo all day because you don't want to wait in a cab line. And that'll cost you 50 bucks to go two miles, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were in Los Angeles, there are so many options. I said, we can pick a different option. And I think we went with uh, UberX. But from yeah, well, it sounded like you had a long way to go. 55 bucks to... Uh, 118. That's uh, it's a big difference. More than yeah. double. Yeah, big difference. But if you've never been in a Tesla or one of those higher end cars, it might be worth the minimum thirty dollars if you only have like a few miles to go. That's a great point. That's a, I didn't think of it that way. I just saw the price point from uh, the airport to my sister's place. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say that uh, yes, if that were the case, and if I was just going a short uh, that, and it was going to come quicker than anyone else, which it seemed to be. Because the estimated time of arrival was ranging anywhere from 15 to 2 minutes. Because I imagine most of these cars like just park in garages until they're called. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was interesting that they, they were offering that. And from what I read, it, it, it's just in Los Angeles or maybe in Los, it, Los Angeles and New York now. Regardless, the fact that they're trying out these models, like you said, with the ice cream truck, uh, it's still intriguing that they're still evolving this. Yeah, I'm always impressed by what Uber's just so aggressive, you know. They're taking over the world with this this uh this concept. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's th- cool. Though they're facing all that um pushback as far as like this 1099 workforce, uh if they're contractors even in Los Angeles, I feel like they have enough dollars uh that have been built up to fight whatever comes their way, especially with their valuation. <laughs> yeah, and they'll need to. You know, they're going to need that pile of cash to to fight everybody. No, you're right, man. Absolutely. Speaking of fighting, what's up with this Amazon guy? 
<laughs> Jeff Bezos? He's been fighting with the New York Times. Is it Jeff? I've heard his name pronounced so many different ways. Is it Bezos? It, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Bezos. Yeah, 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 yeah. but I... <sighs> When I hear like friends of his talk on Bloomberg, they pronounce it a different way. And I'm like, Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. I've never heard that. Yeah. And I sat there. I'm like, you're friends with the guy and you're calling Bezos. Mm. That means something interesting to find out. But regardless, um, yes, uh, while I was on vacation, the story broke and I saw it. Uh, I had always thought Amazon was one of these wonderful places to work uh, the same way that you would hear uh, stories about Zappos. Really work to make sure they have the right employees there so much so that they offer buyouts every year and they'll let you know hey if you want to stay that's awesome but if you want to go we're willing to pay you 1500 to 5000 depending on your management role to leave right so if you have that type of attitude towards having people that want to work at your company stay at your company then I'm I was shocked to read the story in the New York Times I mean was it the Wall Street Journal New York Wall Street Journal New York Times oh, New York Times sorry New York Times that um, that alleged that it was a soulless uh, uh, place to work with no empathy at all, and that they were working to um, create some sort of drone workforce where you just had to work yourself to the bone or they would find a way to edge you out, allegedly. Yeah, I was kind of shocked to read this too. Just Yeah, when I think of Amazon, I kind of think of kind of like Google, you know, where mm -hmm. it seems like employees really enjoy, you know, where they're at, where they're working. And then you read this story about how like everybody's cried at least once <laughs> there, like getting out of meetings and, and like grown men are crying. Uh, it's... That's not, I think, the culture that you'd, you'd want to you wanna do. But, you know, I guess some of the, you, you heard some of the other side, which was some employees were like, I've never been this motivated in my life. I've never excelled this much. Yeah. It was a good culture for me. Uh, but then, you know, most of the stories seemed to, to kind of just go on about how, like every, they're just wrecking lives. You know? my, <laughs> my, the funniest thing is when the onion came out with uh, an article and it said, uh, the HR is working a hundred hours a week to solve this problem. And, uh, I don't know. I, it, what do you think about it? I, I, you, I, this is obviously the first time I've heard I, Amazon being like this. And I've met people that work for Amazon in, on the IT side. And, you know, they don't look like they're exhausted or and tired and broken down. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we would have heard more about this by now. I also appreciated uh, Jeff Bezos' response where he um, put out um, an email to the entire staff and said, look, uh, I want you. To, he said, I want you to read this article. And if you feel like any of this applies to you and your experience, I want you to take it straight to HR or B, A or B or both, write me directly to my email because there's a zero tolerance policy for this type of uh, lack of empathy. And we strive to build a great community here that uh, ideally you want to be at. And it's, a, it's supposed to be a fun workplace that if you believe that this is the case, I want to know about it. And, but I want you to read this article and let me know what your thoughts are. Yeah, that is a good response. Right? And Head on, baby. Yeah. And I, I think Amazon's going to be fine, you know? Shocking to hear, though. Absolutely it shocking is. to hear. Yeah, I, I was kind of shocked myself. And, you know, of course, this is uh, one of the many stories that everyone keeps talking about. Speaking of shocking, uh, Verizon Wireless, uh, full disclosure, my carrier for a number of years now, 
uh, is going. Ooh. Hey, hey, how dare you? <laughs> is going contract contractless, and by that I mean you no longer have to uh, get into a contract that's going to lock you into a carrier. That usually the term would be two years um, in order to you know subsidize the price of your phone or get into that service. Um, for example, I've had Ryzen long enough that I am grandfathered into the unlimited data side. So every time I want to upgrade my phones, this has been a uh, really a, a non-issue for me because I'd always have to pay full price if I wanted to keep my unlimited data. Uh, but those that are now uh, going to join Verizon once this takes place will no longer a have the ability to buy a get into a contract with a uh, with a subsidized price for their device. For example, an iPhone would have been one hundred ninety nine dollars to get in the door. Now they will charge you monthly uh, to get that six fifty back for the entire device. So you end up paying a little more for the financing overall for the for the overall device, but you are not locked into a contract. You see, this is um, something that always bothered me about the carriers in that you would do these two year plans and basically the you know the subsidizing of the phone is just included in the plan itself like you don't see it broken out and once that two years is up they give you the option to upgrade but if you don't upgrade if you keep the same phone or maybe you swapped it out with a locked phone or an unlocked phone uh, that you already paid for you know you end up still paying that subsidized price and it's a scam it's a total scam so uh, i guess the you know i'm i'm happy to see that they're they're kind of being a little bit more honest about the whole thing that's fair i, I never really looked at, looked at it that, that way but you're you're absolutely right you would pay, your price, you pay regardless you've you had pay the regardless. same plan right but your price hasn't dropped yes a, ever well, and I, I had to fight to get it dropped but that's a different story but yes you're right <laughs> here we go again it's still cooking, man. Every time I get hit with that charge, I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> things are still good. Yeah. I wonder when this is going to change. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, it's the sign of things coming. And they redid their whole data plan. Was it one gig for 30 a month, three gig for 45, six gig for 60, 12 gig for 80? Yeah. So I, this is just the way things are going. We're, we're going to be paying for data. You know, everything is data. The fact that they still do, hopefully they're not, are they still charging for text messages? Like that's uh, a big scam. Ever. You can still have that type of plan if you want. You would usually go with unlimited at this point. Yeah, they, it just needs to be data, and that's it. You know, phone, text, data—it's just all data. That's you, what it needs to be. Are you still on your Google Carrier phone? Yeah, I got Project Fi or Fee. I yeah. guess. Well, yeah. it makes sense. Fi, like Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Project Fi. So uh, I have the phone in front of me. The Nexus Six. It's really good. I, I like the phone. All right, project so well. Uh, ideally, with the Googles of this world getting involved and the competition that's coming from um, AT and T and Directv, uh, that, that they they you know they finally got put together and they've been approved, um, and Verizon and T Mobile, which I know you're still on, Todd, right? If I'm not mistaken, yes, T Mobile, yeah. So you have two, mm -hmm. a couple of carriers. Um, I think that the, the clearly it's just going to drive down prices for what we are currently paying overall. You know, you know, that's what I, I, I really like the Project Fi plan because, you know, it takes two inferior networks and puts them together. It takes Sprint, it takes T-Mobile, and it bounces between both of those networks and it's as well as Wi-Fi, open Wi-Fi points. So it's really this seamless experience. Um, granted, if you're going to be a heavy user of data, it's a 
bad plan to be on because they're charging you per gigabyte. But for me, that just wanted you know um, a phone line and some simple data because I'm usually on Wi-Fi. That kind of plan worked really well because it's thirty bucks a month for a gig of um, data used over the carrier towers. So um, if you're mostly on Wi-Fi, it actually you know that that becomes pretty economical where I'm just paying thirty a month. Man, that makes sense. And and that for that price, it's well worth it. Uh, is that open for the public yet, or is it still invitation only? Yeah, I think it's still invitation only. Um, and I, and I'll take it back because actually it's it can be less than thirty dollars because Google actually refunds you whatever data you don't use. Every oh yeah, month. yeah the so. the singular rollover. Sorry, <laughs> they pay you back. <laughs> it's not a rollover. They actually pay you back. They give like, you back the money, Jesus. So you don't actually pay thirty dollars if you're not using it every month. So I think I mean I look at that and I think well that's probably the future. We're just going to be paying for data and that's it. You know, there's good base costs, which this is $20 and then the rest is just data. That's fair. And uh, when, when uh, these uh, telecommunications companies are, are adding like five gigs to your lowest tier plans, that's simply because we're using it more. Like you have to do that. And in general, people are going to continue paying these, these high prices for data. So I, I can't wait. And I want more of this to, to evolve because it's just getting... It's getting cheaper for the consumer. Uh, speaking of Wi-Fi, Todd, we've got two Apple stories. One of them has to do with Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this uh, issue. And I guess it's an issue with all smartphones, really. But uh, let's say you're, you're, you're up in the morning, you're getting ready for work, and you jump in the car. Your device is still on your home network, right? And you hit play on Spotify and you start pulling out of the garage, and then what happens? It disconnects from your Wi-Fi and then reconnects to some cell tower. Yes. And that, that reconnection causes everything to kind of uh, shut have to down. restart, yes. And so that's what uh, this new feature in iOS 9 is uh, called Wi-Fi Assist, and it'll automatically use cellular data when Wi-Fi connectivity becomes poor. Right, right now it does that switch once you know it doesn't become poor is when it becomes like off and it's no longer working. Then it does the switch. So I think it'll help in those situations like that in between going from Wi-Fi to to carrier. So I'm looking forward to it. It's coming in iOS nine. Mm, I can't wait. Uh, speaking from from the development side because we deal with support on uh, different platforms and I do it for Free App Company. Uh, people will write in all the time, say, and ha almost make it feel like there's a bug in your app, but this is just the way the phone works. Yeah. So they'll say, why does it always drop out when I'm leaving? And I, I, I write about kindly. Uh, this is an auto response. I yeah. already have an auto, like I have already a, a cut and paste <laughs> for that problem. That is not the app's problem. It just <laughs> happens. Yeah. Welcome to the club, man. This is, uh, that's been the last seven years of my life. Jesus. So Todd. People writing in going, how come this app isn't playing audio? And then you go, well, try double clicking and swiping up and this and that and reset your Wi-Fi. How about, you know what I do now? Yeah. It's like I could give like all this stuff, but yeah. now I just say, yeah, try rebooting your device. That always works. And you can, you can, you can convey that in a short amount of words. Yeah, that that makes well that makes more sense. Uh, I, that will solve more problems than anything else. I and mean, you could try these twenty things yeah. 
but instead just reboot it. Because you, you want to help, but then that's the easiest fix. Because a lot of people don't want to learn how to do certain things, so you're just like, oh, follow this. If this doesn't work, reboot your phone. Yeah, it's my motto that I tell everyone. When in doubt, restart. All right, good. Are you developing apps we don't know about? No. Okay. Who do you tell that to? Uh, my mom, my grandparents, oh, and other people who just keep asking me for tech. That's like the old that's reboot sweet. your PC. Yeah. Yeah. Hard Same reset. thing for smartphones, people. Yep. So that's the Wi-Fi issue. Hopefully that will uh, stop the, 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 the influx of all these yeah. emails. Um, two, <laughs> speaking of Apple, um, outside of what's going on in the market today, as we're recording on the quote-unquote Black Monday, um, the 6 Plus, they finally released today of all days that, uh, yes, there is an issue with a certain number of uh, 6 Plus devices be because of their actual the camera that's in the phone. And that would result in uh, inferior uh, pictures being taken. Either they it's were just the six plus, or also the six. Just the six plus. Okay. Uh, and you have the six, right? Yes, but Shannon has a six plus, and <laughs> what? Yeah, you have the six, and she has the six. Plus. I wear uh, tight fitted jeans. The six plus <laughs> is too much for those pockets, Todd. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I tried both. They said, well. I'm, I'm surely going to bend the 6 Plus with these jeans on, yeah. so I'm going to go ahead with the yeah. 6. Yes, you will. <laughs> well, luckily, they're coming out with a new iPhone 6, and, and one of the features I read is tight jeans. Tight <laughs> jeans support. <laughs> you guys think I'm kidding. I tested both of them out in my tight jeans, and I said, it's because of people like you, Apple is going to reinforce the aluminum. They're using new material for the, the 6 Plus. I'll gladly S. upgrade. I want the bigger screen. I have a screen envy. Um, but we were just in Los Angeles, and my sister has um, a 5S still. And we were taking pictures with Shannon's phone, and the pictures were dog-ass quality. And I thought Shannon was just a bad photographer. <laughs> and Hold it steady, woman. And my brother was like, What's up with Shannon and her picture taking? I said, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this is her thing. I think she's great with video, uh, but stills aren't really working. And then I would just grab my sister's phone and take a picture of this, of this, with the same angle, and they'd be beautiful. Mm. And I told her to run her serial numbers today because I believe that this is not human error because really those iPhones are meant to take someone that has no idea how to take a picture and make them look like Ansel Adams. Mm. And what happened when she plugged in her serial number? So... Uh, she hasn't yet because I texted her because oh, it'll she be hasn't something done it yet. that I have to do, Todd, as you know. Uh, but yeah, I said you might have an inferior device. Do you have an inferior device, Todd? You have a six plus. I have the six plus, and I ran my serial number through Apple's support site. There's a support site that you can you can go to your device, go to about, and get your serial number. Plug it into the website. Apple will tell you spit out. You know, do you need to come in for the the free replacement of yeah. your camera part? And so I did it, and actually said you need to come in. Wow. But I haven't really seen blurry photos um, when it, when I've used it. So it, it hasn't. Like I saw online that someone posted what their photo looked like. Yeah. And it was just horrible. You couldn't make out anybody. Yeah. Some any of these photos were horrible. Yeah, and so I haven't, I haven't had that problem. So, um, are you a big shutterbug though? Do you take lots of pictures? <laughs> shutterbug. Yeah, <laughs> you just use that word. Yeah, you just use the word shutterbug. I did. What of it? <laughs> well, I take a lot of photos. If that's <laughs> <what you're talking. laughs> I don't know if you're talking some new dance routine. Show name: Shutterbug. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're welcome. So you, but you do take a lot of pictures then. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I take a lot of screenshots. So okay, maybe that, well, that's not really pictures. That would be indicative then of the camera. <laughs> that would not be. It's like, here's my app doing this. That's how I spent my life. Here's another one. After you push this button, it goes here. You're, if you had a homemade photo album, if you made like one of those iPhoto photo albums. No, I do. I mean, like I have a photo album. Like It uploads to Google Photos. Yes. And so you, Google turns them into stories. And it's like, on August 24th, you had this app open and you did this. It's like, <laughs> So good. It's the worst photo album ever. You should you should send that out to get printed and it'd be a coffee table book. So when people would come and you shouldn't even mention it to people be like, oh, this is your photo album. Yeah, this is what I did this year. <laughs> that would be awesome. And it's like Tic Tac Glow as a little Tic Tac Glow like app when it was like on a smaller screen on an iPhone 4 and oh, how yeah. it's grown up to an iPhone 6 Plus. You could see my, yeah, my photo albums, would the pictures would get bigger and bigger, like higher resolution every year. Five years from now, Throwback Thursday, just put some of those pictures up. <laughs> throwback, here's me scrolling through Facebook. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a little blurry. Jesus. Scroll really fast. Yeah, so uh, if you run run your serial number through, especially if you have a six plus, regardless. Run it through the shutter bug. <laughs> just go to shutterbug.com and run your serial number. <laughs> Pictures or not, at the very least, you get a new camera um, uh, put into your phone. Why not? Right? Yeah. Nice, solid upgrade. Um, speaking of upgrades, Google Alphabet. And when I saw the story, I thought it was an Onion story at first, and it wasn't. Google has created a shell company called Alphabet. Why Alphabet? Because it uh, represents, you know, the most powerful invention of man, the alphabet language, mm. I think. It's, some, it's simplistic, just like Google. I mean, communication, right? Yeah. Communication, yeah. language. I think of alphabet, I think of alphabet soup. There's And, you know, I, I don't think they're going for a branding thing because someone, some dude has alphabet on Twitter and he, he got blown up and he's like, I'll sell it if you want it. Show me <laughs> sell the it for money. Wow. But there's a lot of companies out there already named alphabet. So I don't think this is a like a branding thing. Okay. Uh, Google is still, you know, Google and owns, mm -hmm. you know, it's the powerhouse of, of uh, what is now, you know, Alphabet, the holding company. All right. Well, like the plan is just to get, have different companies for different services like Google and then the, the Google driverless car. They yeah. kind of want to separate them. Okay. So they have different people in charge of different things so to run better. For Very the reasons why they did it, I don't, you know, I, I really think it has to do with the CEO, uh, Sundar. They, they wanted him to be CEO of Google, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, well, you can't have anything above CEO. So we'll just create this company and then now we'll be CEO and president of that company. But I really think uh, uh, they were worried that Sundar was going to get picked off by, you know, another company. And oh wow! So they've—it's like a shadow. It's a shadow. <laughs> it's a shadow CEO where um, it—it this is—it's like a company front. The front-facing side is Google, but the real puppet masters are the founders still at Alphabet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, Pretty yeah. Cool. I, I, but you know, at the same time, everyone's saying they the want they, they enjoy spending their time creating new companies, and I kind yeah. of believe that. I, I mean, after about, all this time, you're pro they're probably bored of Google search and and all the you know products yeah. underneath it. 
They, how about they create an acquisition of Twitter? That would be really great for your boy, personally. Full disclosure. Got a lot of stock still that keeps on going down. I don't know why they haven't bought Twitter. They really should. Right? Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now is the time to strike. It's, I think the last price was twenty three fifty. I know it was a tough day, but still, get it. Yeah, and maybe Alphabet will buy it. I would hope so, man. Make my day. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of big buys, I didn't realize that it would be this popular, and it seems to me that ever since uh, Stephen, uh, Steve Ballmer has left Microsoft, uh, good things are coming, as Microsoft 10 is getting some rave reviews. Ah, uh, poor Steve. Uh, yeah, I, I like Windows 10. I've always liked the preview. Um of that I've been running and I actually, I haven't even upgraded to the final goal, but I'm sure it all looks pretty much the same. Uh, but it, I have a windows seven machine that, you know, I haven't upgraded, uh, ever since windows seven came out, obviously. And mm. it keeps notifying me, Hey, you got windows 10, let's schedule this. And there's no like cancel button on it. Yeah. So it keeps popping up and it's like, Hey, do you want to do this in like an hour? And I'm like selecting, you know, three hours because I'm working. And then it comes back and I'm like, oh, I can't do it now. So I go tomorrow. Let's try tomorrow. And I keep pushing it off. But this thing, it's relentless. They won't stop asking to upgrade to Windows 10. So Microsoft wants you to upgrade, which is why they made it free. Yeah. And what stopped you just because you don't want to deal with it or? Well, I'm a little nervous about upgrading this machine because ah. it, it has like a lot of old software on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, like I, I'm still using like a really old version of QuickBooks, and I'm like, if I do this upgrade, you know, you change one, it, change everything. It could just like destroy QuickBooks, and then I'll have to roll it back. And you know, rolling it back is just going to be a yeah. pain. But the butterfly so. effect. The what? Understand. The butterfly, butterfly effect. Change. <laughs> change. I don't think you can consider this the flapping of a butterfly wing <laughs> going from like Windows 7 to 10 <laughs> is pretty big. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the time-space continuum? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's quite an upgrade. Yeah, it's a big one. What if it and, breaks and I, everything? But if you're on Windows 8, do it. Do it Definitely. Now. Um, and yeah, Mac, you, you've been running Windows 8 and upgraded, so give us your thoughts on I that. I mean, it's the pain in the ass of the Windows 8 start screen is gone, thank God. No more the, tiles? Yeah, I mean, well, you still have the option of tiles, but it's in a smaller format. Oh, cool. So it's in the start menu, so you still have the all programs type thing of the Windows 7 start menu. Yes. And then you also have tiles on the side for different apps or quick opening. Okay. But it doesn't take up the entire screen, so you have to completely eliminate everything that you're doing to select a different program or just do anything. What did you find outside of just that your, your initial, how many weeks have you been using it? I've been using it for two weeks. And you're loving it? I love it. Is there a particular outside of the start menu that you really uh, appreciate as far as this is the right way to go? Do you feel like they fixed the problems they had in Windows 8? Definitely. Okay. I mean, uh, all the like swipes and everything, because I mean, I, I don't have a touch screen, so, but Windows 8 was built too much for touch. Mm -hmm. Kind of with the mouse and keyboard, they kind of just ruined it. Yes. They deprecated the yeah. mouse. <laughs> yeah. And so they brought all that stuff back for the mouse and keyboard, but still have it touch enabled for it to work with touch. So it's, it, it's kind of a best of both Windows 7 and 8 nice. brought together. That's quite a review. Todd, I might have to get upgraded there. Yeah, I'm planning on it. I got a couple PCs that I, that I definitely want to have. And I, I think it's, uh, it's going to be good for them. I think 
you know, they they did make a huge mistake with Windows 8 and they focused on, you know, on touch and they forgot about the keyboard and the mouse and, you know, at the same time, they're trying to get everyone on their surface and, and that didn't work out like they wanted. Uh, so they had to like roll it back and go, okay, we're desktop again. You know, this is the desktop is where, you know, the majority of the people are running your operating system and yeah, you need to still focus on that. And uh, it was just a really bad strategy for Microsoft to like forget about the desktop for a little while. Interesting. Well, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm rooting for Microsoft. Uh, you know, I think that they, it's time, it's time they get a big win under their, um, a, a big win in their in their win column right there. Um, did I'm, you uh, did you play Candy Crush? It comes with Candy Crush, right? N- I, I don't know. I di- I didn't see it. I'm not. Apparently, a there's a shortcut that that they pre-install that has Candy Crush. I know everybody's upset because you now have to pay for Solitaire. Oh, outrage. you do. Yeah, Solitaire does not come free. And I think Minesweeper has an ad on it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, All most of those app stuff. Uh, yeah, they run ads on it. Like it's a. Uh, like a uh, phone app or tablet. Why not? Who cares? Yeah, it's not that big a deal. Right? I mean, well, right. you know, we all played Minesweeper, and now that they're going to charge money, they're going to put an ad on it. That sucks. You know, it can all be free, Todd. Well, they're, they're <laughs> the, the, the tile ads are not the video ads, at least. So it's hey, not hey, that, hey, that bad. Enough of that. Video ads. They video the ads bills. are great. They're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> they're the best thing ever. We wouldn't do it unless you had to, man. Jeez. Right, Todd? That's right. Exactly. All right, the Galaxy Note 5, speaking of uh, ads, uh, this past past Thursday, um, I've been watching the commercials. The next big thing is here from Samsung, and it's a bigger screen with a 5.7-inch screen on both the Galaxy Note 5 and the Galaxy S6 Edge Plus. Uh, I've seen the Galaxy S6 Edge in person. Uh, not the plus, but uh, drive T-shirt from the Big O and Duke show has an edge, Ooh. and I think it looks pretty snazzy, pretty cool. Uh, he, yep, I've heard good it. things about it. Yeah, um, the Galaxy Note Five I have not seen though, uh, in the ads and in the videos of for the reviews, it looks like what their predecessors look like, except with a bigger screen. What do you think, Todd? Well, yeah, it's a five point seven inch screen, uh, which is not as massive as my Nexus Six, and I got to tell you, the Nexus Six. You cannot have a bigger phone than this. Like, this is the limit. This barely fits in my pocket. And, like, I don't even put it in my pocket. I'm like you with the tight jeans, I yeah. guess. I, I carry it in my, uh, in my uh, carry-all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like you can't, uh, you can't really put this in your pocket. And so I think 5.7 might be a better size than, you know, a full 6-inch phone. Um, but at some point, and I think we're here, like, you're not going to have you know, bigger screens. This is going to be it. So what is the next big feature? And you have big hands. So for you to say that, that's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, we are at our limit. I'm, I'm convinced that, you know, it's somewhere between 4.7 and 5.7. Like that's the sweet spot for screen size. Uh, Just the motion of the ocean, not the size. Samsung is also announcing, uh, believe it or not, Samsung Pay. And it's a new payment system that they're coming out with. Who's going to use that if they've got their Apple iWatch, Todd? Let you tell me. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you know, I don't think Apple's anyone with an Apple device is going to use this. No. But yeah, what I'm wondering is what is what is the deal here? Maybe it's for international mainly because yeah, it has to be. Uh, you know, it's got to use the same technology that Google Wallet or whatever is is using for Android. 
right? It Android has to. Pay. It has to. So you decide. I mean, I think in the states it's Android Pay or or if you're and this is this is what this is what they talk about, Todd. And I'm going to get heated for two seconds. iOS is awesome. And it's awesome because there's one iOS. There are a zillion different Androids, and now Samsung's got to stick their big foot in the middle of this pay situation, and Google Wallet's fighting to stay in. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's messy. It's totally messy. The world of Android. I, I just, I think it, it must be compatible with, with, it has to be. I don't really, uh, truth be told, I haven't read the finer details of this Samsung. You don't have to because nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it. They only know about it because of this show. But it's preloaded. It is preloaded on these two devices. Bloatware. I'm learning all the buzzwords. Bloatware. You got it. Because you know why, Todd? People write me with this on a daily basis. (laughs) Because their app has bloatware and it's a Samsung and it takes a little longer than usual to launch. Because Samsung did things differently. (laughs) Why are you so upset? Man. I I was just catching up on some emails today. I said, oh. Glad Samsung's updating everything again. This pay will somehow affect every app in the app space again. And now we got to upgrade something else. So it, it hits Korea first, and then it's coming to the U.S. So <sighs> given that these are the most popular devices, and, you know, this is obviously going to be, I don't know. I think the majority of people are going to be forced to use it, right? I agree. Because like you said, bloatware, it's going to be yeah. on the phone. I had a gentleman I was talking to today, and he said, hey, how does uh, the world of software, uh, which I have basically a a toe-in, compare to the world of podcasting? I said, well, podcasting is a clown car compared to the world of software. because A what? A clown car. Because, (laughs) I mean, there's so many different things that you have to learn about in the world of software. And for a guy who basically just podcasted and was on the radio for a living, that I have... I've always respected Todd, and I hate to say so many great things about him because I've said enough, to be quite <laughs> frank. Uh, but the <laughs> fact that he's excelled in this industry at a, such a high level, man, tip of the hat to you again. Like I, I don't know how you do it. I would have given up a long time ago. God bless you. That's silly talk. No, I, I really, I am impressed you, with the way that you deal with your customers and you talk to so many different users I don't. I don't personally talk to them. But you've set up an infrastructure to do so, right? Yeah, I hired a guy to talk to them. <laughs> but in the, the be- I can't talk to customers. In the beginning, in the beginning, though, you were talking to them. Oh yeah, and I remember. I used to go over your house, and you'd be like, "Ah, man, I got to go through these emails before we yeah. do anything." Ah, uh, and you end up hating your. You just hate the the business once. It's just not, you know, it's it's like when you know offering up a free podcast, and you and you have like. You know, everyone on Twitter and everyone on Facebook just joking around and saying a bunch of crap. Yeah. Like, it's a free... When you put something out for free, you just get a lot of crap yeah. back. Yeah, a lot right? of people. In your case, it's not crap. It's actually, no. the users are funny. Yes. But in the case of, like, free apps. Yes. Like, yeah, company or TMSoft, yeah. you get every age range from, you know, five up to wherever. And you just get every walk of life. And... A lot of people hate you. I mean, well, I think a lot of people just hate, it, you know? It's not, uh, and I'm happy we're talking about this. And just briefly, it's the tone of and the hostility that comes with, I have a problem, please help me fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there is like a maybe once in a blue moon that you get something super kind of like, I know this is like, this is just uh, really a passion project and you guys are working hard to get this done. But I want to say that 98% 
of the messages you get are so hostile to why you aren't doing something when, and I would say 65% of those are non-app issues. They're just device issues. I, I kind of equate it to like getting behind the wheel of a car. You just, you become someone else and you rage out on everybody. <laughs> and I think the internet is kind of the same thing. Oh, you get on good, the internet and it's like you're analogy. driving a car and you just hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Man. So, I don't know. I, I, it's just, uh, it makes where the world's going. It makes man. a lot of sense. And so, so it, whether it's you're writing us, you're writing uh, TM Soft, or you're writing a free app company, or how about any developer out there, when you're writing about an issue, there's nothing wrong with just saying, uh, "Hey, I'm sure you're crazy busy, but this is an issue. Just a heads up. Love the app. Boom. I'm out. <laughs> right? And you do get those. You do get those. It's just you know one percent of the people. Yes. That if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I uh, got that out of my system. I didn't know we were going there today. Um, yeah. So I really, I really believe that if you're out there, especially with these new devices coming out, be a little patient. Be a little patient. Can't <laughs> it's go going wrong. to space and back. Uh, squ- <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a second. It's got to go all the way to space and back. <laughs> it took me a second. And I got that. Um, just quickly, Todd, if you don't mind, uh, discuss the porting of the of the iOS apps to Windows 10. I know it's not new, but it's uh, fairly interesting. They say it's easy now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Microsoft just announced they're open source open sourcing the the tool set they created. Uh, their bridge tool, which will apparently take either iOS or Android apps and bring them over to the the Windows platform. Of course, Microsoft, you know, has has an app ecosystem problem. Uh, people like me, we only develop for where you know there's money and people actually using the platform, and that is iOS and Android. And so, uh, I, I've had Microsoft reach out to me multiple times. And go, Todd. We really want you to port white noise, you know, over to Windows 8 at the time. And they hired. They even went as far as they hired me a design firm, and they kind of like showed me how to design it out and lay it out. And they did all this effort, and then they're go, okay, here you go, code it. And I looked at the designs that came up. I'm like, this is going to take forever. There's no way I'm going to do this. So I ended up not really doing it. Uh, because it's just so difficult to take the iOS or the Android apps. It's a completely different architecture, completely different programming language. So, it, it, you know, it's so hard for you basically starting from scratch. So what they do is they have this tool now. I haven't used it, but this Windows bridge tool, which can apparently take your iOS code or your Android code and build a Windows app out of it. I'm I'm going to have to play the, you know, the, the Missouri show me card on this one because it, it can't be that easy. It just can't be, you know, a click of a button, boom, now you have a, a Windows app. But uh, I'm definitely going to try this in the future, and I'll let you know and give you, give everyone an update. Appreciate that, man. Uh, before we get to apps of the week, uh, as the Ashley Madison data uh, breach, that story continues to evolve. Uh, apparently, more and more government officials are being caught <laughs> through this uh, data dump. A $500,000 bounty has been put out uh, by Ashley Madison to find the individuals uh, that are responsible or individual that is responsible for this and leads and they get that those dollars if uh, it leads to prosecution. 
I've never heard of such a dollar amount uh, for a data breach. Um, and no. also, is it telling these guys that this may be a money-making opportunity overall? Because, I mean, realistically speaking, that's half a million dollars. You get the right fall guy. Uh, a lot of people could see this as an opportunity. Is that sending the wrong message to the industry? That, well, they, that I mean, you they, just can't find them. That you know, we we don't have the resources to get you. They should have taken that five hundred thousand and like invested in some security to begin with. Uh, when you have a massive customer database like they had with credit card information, uh, and I read through that you know the the interview they had with this ha- ha- these this group of hackers, the Impact team, uh, and and they basically said like this network was wide open like once we got one password we got them all oh, and wow. we lived on this network for years and we just extracted the data and there was no one there looking there was no one there monitoring and so it sounds like uh it, you know there was hardly any security implemented mm. uh, in this and when you have that much data man you gotta secure it you know oh i agree i agree and f- especially for a company that was making so much money yeah, that's not a line item that you want to you know skimp out on. You <laughs> today, I mean, it's like you know, I come from that world of cybersecurity, and I probably shouldn't have left because you know that's the way we're going. Is is everything's connected, right? Internet yeah. of Things, everything's going to be connected, and hackers will be able to break into anything, and it's 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 a problem that's just not going to go away. And if you have sensitive customer data like that, you need to take a hard look at what you're doing uh, in terms of how to protect that uh, against these kind of uh, malicious attacks. Yeah, I remember the first time, and it wasn't, I don't know who told me about it. Someone told me, but they tried to explain cybersecurity to me. I really thought it was like, oh, no one's going to steal my computer. Um, but <laughs> it, was, yeah. it had everything to do with how they got, it wasn't a physical, I'm coming to steal your computer. And this is years ago. They said, no, people will walk into your computer like it's a virtual home and your files, your data are like doors you open and nobody, and they're all unlocked. Yeah. And what are you doing to protect that? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, but that sounds like it's going to be a big problem one day. <laughs> right? And it is a big problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. And you, we hear every single week we hear about some data breach. Right. Yeah. Especially on the government side. What are they doing at the government? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, the Chinese, the Russians. I'm like, well, I'm glad you know who did it. Like, what is that going to do for us? Well, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. Um, so, yes. Time for apps of the week. Thank you, Todd, for that insight. Appreciate that. Um, do you want to go first? I know what your app is. It's pretty damn yeah. good. <clears throat> yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Why not? Uh, my app of the week is called Slack. And it's a new web service. It's also... Uh, an app that improves your communication. Uh, typically, a company would, would use this. I got exposed to it a few weeks ago. Um, if you remember Gina Smith, who runs a new oh, domain.net, yeah. and uh, they invited me into, they're running their whole, I guess, uh, website. Um, they're a bunch of journalists, right? Yeah. And they're all like, in the, I got in and it kind of it's kind of neat because it really has all these different channels that you can subscribe to. It reminds me of an old IRC server that's been given like uh, a, a, a 2015 update, you know. So it's like it's really neat how they did it. And I suggested today we use it for the show where we could go in and and we can copy and paste all these uh, 
um, articles, show articles yeah. and things like that. And if we need to talk during the show via chat, it supports all that. So it's called Slack. Slack.com. You can create like a free channel uh, or a free, um, <clears throat> what do they call it? Group. Group, I guess. Because it, it is kind of like a, a forum or a group, but it's it's real time and it's permanent. So you have this record. So it's it's basically group messaging uh, on a higher level. A suf- right? uh, like a sophisticated group messaging. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like it wasn't and it, and hard it, for me to see your the list of articles that we had talked about beforehand, and because Todd's organized one, he like laid them out. So I was like, I was following your list of articles as we were going through. The show. I was like, this is perfect, perfect. Yeah. And you used to Skype me articles, yeah. and now Mac is emailing, and I'm just like, I'm so sick of email. Right. I just, if we could just get rid of email, I'd be so happy. Yeah. I'm done. We need to move off of email. And go on to services like this because this is far more efficient, uh, and it's re- so it's the com- combination of like real time messaging, forums, and email all you know jammed together in a really nice way. And the fact that they have apps too uh, for uh, iOS and Android, it's pretty cool. Check it out; it's totally free. Slack is on both our mobile devices here in the studio on our desktop, and I get the app on my my iWatch as well, where. As I'm getting updates, it's popping up on my watch. I said, okay, now we're cooking with gas. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, what do you got? I've got, of all of all apps I've, that I never used before, and I feel like a rube because I've owned two different models of, of this product. Um, I know, Todd, you're a big fan of GoPro. Uh, I'm uh, a fan of, of GoPro. I just... I really believe, as far as cameras go, they were the first, and I appreciate I appreciate the the origin story of GoPro overall. Um, so I have the Hero Three Plus, and I also have the original GoPro. And Todd, I think you were the first one to actually show me the power of the GoPro firsthand because you borrowed my GoPro when we were in Jamaica, and yeah. you took it underwater. And, yeah, and you had a good time. You're like, oh, this thing's phenomenal. Oh, and the audio, you could record the audio. So you heard like the bubbles from the scuba dive tank, Pre- you know? Pretty cool. Like, pretty yeah, cool. it was a really neat experience. So uh, the Google, uh, the, the Hero 3 Plus, um, you, I had to update its uh, firmware that was on there. And I saw a little update come up on uh, my email. And I said, oh, you know, I haven't done this in forever. I, I'm just, it's sitting in front of me. Let's just get it over with. And they said you could either update through the computer and the software on your <clears throat> computer, or you could just do it through the app. It takes two seconds. And I was like, I've never used the, Google, the GoPro app. And I said, why haven't I used the app? Mm. And what was strange about it is I, had, I didn't have an answer for that. I didn't have an answer that didn't make any sense because... Well, what would you use the app for is my question. You use the app if you don't have an LCD screen on the back of your GoPro because the app gives you the first-person perspective of what the camera shows because most of these GoPros don't have a screen oh, on them. So, but obviously this is a new thing. They must create, what, a Wi-Fi network to so your phone? In the Hero Bluetooth? 3 Plus, there is a Wi-Fi network for the camera. I sync it with the Hero 3 Plus. Mind you, there's a Hero Plus, a 4 and a little – there's like there's a there's been two new generations of this GoPro out there. So I don't know what they have, but – if the the three plus has this, I can't imagine. So so basically, to up, update the phone. Do you know if it's Wi Fi or Bluetooth? It's it's Wi Fi, one hundred percent. Because I had to set it up. I had to go through it and set up the Wi Fi uh, name and then pa- put a password on it, etc. So right. I hook up the Wi Fi to the GoPro. I update the firmware. Two seconds. Boom, bam, done. And then I start messing with it, and everything that you kind of like found, I found cumbersome without an, uh, the 
a added LCD screen that I had to buy separately because you can't see unless you have a screen on there what your GoPro shooting. Right. I could see on my phone. I could control the camera from my phone. I could hit record, stop, change the settings, erase oh, videos, wow. clear the card. Wow. It was awesome. Oh, I'm so Pretty excited nice. right now. Like, I have a Hero 4, I think. Yeah, you have a really nice Hero. <laughs> uh, I haven't even really used it. So, yeah, and that's the thing. It doesn't. Ha- I don't think it has the LCD on the back. Yeah, you have to buy that separately, and it's pretty expensive. And I, So, realistically, this that solves this that pain point, that problem. Yeah, and so you're able to upgrade the firmware for the camera as yeah. well. So I upgraded the firmware, and then I just sat there and I started using the camera more because I said, this is so much easier than putting a, a LCD pack on the back and running around. That's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, I had no idea. I don't know why it took so long to figure it out, but we did. And if you're out there, uh, they're just getting better, those cameras. Just getting better and better and better. Yeah. And full disclosure, I own the GoPro stock price. It's not doing well. So let's get well, out there and buy some GoPros. <laughs> no one, Nobody's doing well today, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, been a tough day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's my app. Mac, let's round out with you. What do you have, my friend? My app is a game called Trials Frontier. Ooh. It is a tilty bike game. Uh, there's lots of tilty bike games out there, but this is by far my favorite of all. If you're a fan of the trial series on the console, it's very similar to that. It's just I I bought this game about a year ago, and I still play it almost every single day, multiple times a day. By tilty bike, you mean like a side bike? Uh, yeah, it's where you go forward, backward, and then lean back and lean forward. Very cool. And what's it called again? Uh, Trials Frontier. Is it free or? It is free. On iOS and Android? iOS and Android. Very cool. All it's right. Got a lot of one-star reviews. I don't know. Ah. This guy lost all his game progress. <laughs> <laughs> After play for over a month and paying for gems and bike accessories, I lost everything. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Buyer beware. <laughs> That's what we're talking about, Todd. It's just a game. I mean, really? <laughs> Oh, the one star. I, you know, it just brings me comfort seeing other one star reviews out there on not my apps. It's great. All right. So those are apps of the week. Uh, thanks uh, for your patience out there. If you're listening to the program, uh, we're not breaking down. We're just, we had to take a little more time this time. So we <laughs> will like, work. We I feel work like it we out. apologize every. Have to. Have to. <laughs> have to because it's our fault. Bottom Sorry. line. Um, so what do we have to promote? Anything special? Oh, yes. So Spillzone is a new game I'm working on. It's going to drop this week. Nice. Uh, So it's going to launch, hopefully, uh, Tuesday, tomorrow for Android. And uh, iOS should uh, shortly follow. That's August 25th. So let's just say August 26th. Okay. It's launching Wednesday. And uh, I think I I hope iOS will launch at roughly the same time. We got a little uh, had a little issue with uh, with the game and and the reviewer, which is pretty typical when you first submit a game. So we worked it out, and uh, hopefully this week it'll drop. Uh, the game is something I've been working on for uh, about two years. I came up with the idea two years ago. Remember, I remember that, man. Like, I actually think this is my masterpiece. Whoa! Of, yeah, my, of all the games I've ever created, this this one is my masterpiece. And Holy I'm very happy with smokes, it. smokes, man. I've yeah. never heard you be so high on anything. No, I, I, I'm so excited uh, about the game. It turned out. So cool. Like, as far as a version 1.0, it's turned out great. Uh, thank you to all the beta testers that helped out. I uh, had probably a team of over uh, 
hundred people helping awesome. test it. And um, they and when they tested, they beat all hundred levels. They went back, beat it again, and and so uh, it's going to be the best version one zero for sure. But I, I'm so excited about the game because I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but these puzzles are just completely unique, and it's I don't think it's ever been done. So it's it's fun to play. And this is what I learned, and this is why I'm really excited about it from all the beta testers that have yes. played it. Um, we would keep finding better answers, and there's this whole like science theme to the game, like where you're trying to make discoveries and solve these puzzles, and we kept finding better solutions to these puzzles, and. Uh, I was just blown away by that because everyone started like taking screenshots. How did you do it? Oh, you know, that is what are cool. the moves? You know, and, it, and and that to me became the most exciting part of this whole process is just seeing how other people solved these problems. And I didn't think there were better solutions, but then they were finding them. And that's I just got so excited about this game because there's there's just so many different ways to play and so many different strategies to trying to solve these problems. Uh, I've already got like version 2.0 planned and underway, and I haven't even finished 1.0. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, growing this thing and and um, hopefully putting in some pretty killer features over the next few months. But version 1.0 hits this week, uh, and you just have to visit spill.zone. That's the website spill.zone. Please check it out. Super exciting, man. Uh, I can't wait. I played it, uh, the early versions, and I have had a blast. Some puzzles I thought were impossible. Apparently not. <laughs> 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 Apparently not. They're um, all possible. Yeah, uh, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and I can't wait to see it become the success that it deserves to be. Uh, very cool. Um, all I have is uh, Twitter, at Oscar Radio. Uh, give me a follow. And if you're on Instagram, I've been on it forever. I've never posted. I finally had my first post on Instagram. <laughs> It's Oscar F. Santana. Oscar F. Santana. Uh, and uh, pretty pretty cool app, let me tell you. I see your photo. Oscar F. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. One I, photo of Shannon drinking a beer. Congratulations. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've been friends on there uh, for years. I don't know how I missed this photo. <laughs> it's one photo. Yeah. You got to start somewhere, man. And uh, if you're out there and you're not on Instagram, it's a pretty cool app. Check it out. <laughs> Was <laughs> oh, that your app of the week? I'm surprised it's not. Have you guys heard of Instagram? That's my app of the week. And I want you to visit Oscar F. Santana. It's really long because I waited this long to sign up. <laughs> All the short names are taken. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's all I got. Matt, okay. I took your guys' advice from last week. I made a Twitter account. I'm only 10 years late. What do you have? Uh, my Twitter is at Mac the Tech. Oh, nice. Mac underscore the underscore tech. All right. All right. Use underscores. Yeah. Todd, the only tech show that uh, the producer and one of the main hosts just got in on Instagram <laughs> and just got on Twitter. Let me tell you. We're really yeah, making moves great. here. Come on. He's only got one follower, and that one follower is guess who? Who? Me. <laughs> yep. Everyone that's followed this poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told anyone I made it. So. The underscore tech. Uh, we're not going to read that off every show. So this is the only show we're going to read <laughs> yeah. that off. <laughs> Perfect. It's so horrible. It is. Michael McIntosh. Give him a follow, people. Yep. Okay. Uh, Todd, I'm going to let you wrap this up, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. 
Uh, thanks again for tuning in to this show. I hope it was uh, worth the three-week wait. And uh, that's it. And we'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. This is the sound. This is Tech 411. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting. For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.